0: You. That's some of the young men from my field brothers' class, and I pray that God gives you more grace, and you remain in the faith. Hallelujah. Amen. Also, would like to thank babies and the team for yesterday's "Change Triumphant" and the other hymns. You know, if we keep on singing hymns, hymns. You know, this other song that we sing, sometimes it's not composed by people. The tree says, But when you sing hymns, Isaac was, they were inspired by God. They were inspired by God. And they penned down those hymns. And that takes us into his presence. So let's just keep on. Hymns. Hymns. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for tonight. We are grateful unto you for bringing us together for this meeting. Father, my prayer tonight is having us to look at the topic, how I protect my heart. Your own words that you have given to us will give us some direction so that we can live to please you and to please you alone. Lord, I thank you and I bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yesterday our senior pastor started on the topic how do I protect my heart? The issue of the fact that you you realize that there's that condemnation and it's for us to respond. Once your heart condemns you, you don't need anybody to tell you that I need to take steps and do what is right. It lies within our power. That's why the topic says, how do I? Not what somebody will do for you. How do I myself protect my heart? And through God's word, we'll be able to do it. Hallelujah. So this evening, even as I also try to look at the topic, I was even asking myself where is even the heart? You know, in First Peter chapter three, verse four, it tells us, it is that hidden man. First Peter chapter three, verse four. He says, It is that hidden man. Rather let it be the hidden person of the heart. It's hidden, but yet very powerful. In fact, the most powerful aspect of our being. But it is hidden. It is hidden. It is the center of our being where we believe and exercise our faith. Where the, we, the decisions whether to do what is right or wrong comes out from center of whether our courage or our emotions is the center of my character the center of your character that is how precious that is how precious the heart is and I believe that there is ever that one has to take an insurance to protect that part of your being that will receive the most premium. It should be the path to attract and to receive the most premium. Still on the heart, I observed it is the seat of moral nature seat of spiritual life, the seat of our desires, the seat of affection, the seat of our thoughts, the seat of our imaginations, the seat of our conscience. The seat of my intentions. Seat of purpose. That is why Daniel will purpose in his heart. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. Seat of my will. Seat of my emotions. Seat of my reasoning. Seat of my discretion. Seat of wisdom, the seat of wickedness, seat of lust. That is where deceit takes its seat. Bitterness, that is where it finds its seat. Sorrow finds its seat, it takes residence in the heart. Joy takes its residence in the heart. Envy takes its residence in our heart. This is just to mention a few. (coughs) That is the seed. That hidden man, this is just, I'm sure that if you all take our time and even go through the Bible, we'll find many seeds, many aspects of this hidden man and what it means to my life, what it means to your life. In fact, sin is committed from the heart. That is what Matthew 5, Jesus said in Matthew five twenty eight. Even When a man looks at a woman, with oh, their lustful intentions, that alone, you have committed sin. And it is in the inner man. It is out of the heart that proceeds evil. I mean, what happened in this gentry, was It's out of the heart. Where people can plan and do this. Out of the heart. Forgiveness comes from the heart. Matthew 18, verse 35. In the same way, we also love God with all our hearts. That same hidden man. It is in that same heart that the word of God is sown. So, really, this hidden man is precious. But as we examine this subject matter, as to how do I protect my heart, so I've tried to give some aspects of what the heart is, and where we can find it, and what is involved, and what goes on there. As you can see, it is a very serious matter. All manner of things takes place in the hearts. But there are some two strong pillars which should guide us in deciding what we want to do. In Psalm 24 verses 3 and 4. Psalm 24 verses 3 and 4. It says, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? And the answer is in the verse 4. He that have clean hearts and a pure heart, who have not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. So, for what we are discussing, if you want to ascend to that holy place, he says, You must have a pure heart. Without a pure heart, we cannot ascend to the holy place. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So for me, even these two scriptures alone. If really, we are determined to see God. If we want to see God face to face. If we want to see the Lord someday. We are coming to church. We are fellowshipping. We are serving God. Ultimately, I believe our desire is that we want to see God. But He it says, it's only those who have a pure heart. Without a pure heart, you cannot see. Meanwhile, given those few examples I related, as to what goes on into the heart, as you can see, it is not a small matter. It is not a small matter. And indeed, in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 13, what Lucifer did but just to perceive in his heart to dare God, Isaiah fourteen verse thirteen, it says, "For thou hast said, in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven; I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, and I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation." And the size of the Lord. He only said in his heart. That that is what I will do. And he was cast down. And has never received a salvation then. That is the heart. In Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 9 and 10. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it that is the heart he says it is desperately wicked but thank God Solomon spoke of David in 1st Kings chapter 3 verse 16 That one can have a good heart. Though Jeremiah said the heart is wicked, deceitful, desperately wicked, Solomon said of David in First Kings 3.6 And Solomon said, Thou hast shown unto thy servant David my heart great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with thee. In uprightness of heart. So even though the heart can be wicked and desperately wicked, Solomon could see us for David. He had an upright heart. Ezekiel in second Kings chapter twenty verse three said, He walked before God in truth and with A perfect heart. So even though we acknowledge the fact that yes, the heart can be deceitful, some people can also purpose to have a perfect heart as we walk with God. So the choice is there. We can say what we want to say about the heart. But there's a choice that I can make. To have a perfect heart as I walk with the Lord, to walk uprightly before Him is a choice. Is a choice one has to make. Following from this, we also have to recognize that that hidden man that nobody sees, the doll alone can search. And find him out as to what he's doing. The Lord alone. So in Revelation chapter 2, verse 23, he said, I am the Lord who searcheth all hearts. So even though he is hidden, the Lord can search. And what's the meaning of searching? Look thoroughly to find something. You examine something, whether anything is concealed. There has to be a thorough investigation to find out whether something has been concealed. And that is what the Lord is doing. He is not worried about any part of this being, but our hearts. That is what He is searching. He is searching what is in there, and what is in there. And this being the case, what should be our strategy to protect my heart? Here for me, there are two key strategies. I think the military people can tell us better. It is the heart. For me, two key strategies. Not to allow anything to enter which will corrupt it, or once something gets in, and that thing is supposed to be a foreign matter, it must be flushed out. It's not to allow any undesirable thing to enter. It's a decision I have to take. It's a decision you have to take. Anything that I know that is undesirable... Because remember, we are standing on the pillar that we want to ascend onto the holy hill, and it is only those with a pure heart who will ascend. So I have to guard. If I want to look at Proverbs 4:23, keep your heart diligently, because nothing should enter which is not supposed to enter. And per adventure, if something enters, it must be flushed out. It must be flushed out. And there are principal people or powers that can allow things to enter. God himself, can you remember Martin Peter? He said, God revealed it to you. And God sends into our hearts. He allows things to enter us, to prompt us. He speaks to us. But it is not only God who is coming through to us. It is not only God who is revealing things to us by His Spirit. It is not only God. As you are aware, Satan you remember Judas? If I read before Judas, when you go to us chapter five, verse three, Peter said, "Why have you allowed Satan to fill thy heart?" So yes, we can allow things to come in. Am I going to allow God to come through to my heart, or Satan? So Peter said, Ananias, why have Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? What comes through? Satan came through. Satan came through. We also know the example of Judas. Satan came through. He said Satan entered. Let's look at Luke chapter 22, verse 2 to 6. Probably. Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22, verse 2 to 6. And the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him. For they feared the people. Then Satan did what? Entered Judas. So you see why we have to protect our hearts. Satan came through. Came through through Ananias. At a point in Peter's life, Satan came through. Remember in Peter's life, before then, God Himself had come through. But Satan took him through. And that is what makes it something that, like we said, we should keep this heart diligently. Because as God wants to come through, Satan is also on the sidelines. And remember, He is moving throughout the world to and fro. That's why where is Peter 5 8 tells us. He's moving 24 hours to come through. He wants to enter your heart. He wants to come in. So we need to deny him the access And say, You cannot come in. You cannot come in. And you and I will have the key. So, I mean if somebody is coming into your home you have the right to say you can come in or you cannot come in. if you don't open that person he shouldn't come in. that is why I must protect my heart and remember we are standing on the pillar we want to ascend to the most holy hill and we can only go there with a pure heart and that heart Will not, should not contain any substance that we have allowed into my heart that should not be there. That should not come through. So, nothing which I believe will not be profitable should come into my heart. And I said, if it comes, it must be purged out. It must be purged out. Because if you don't, gradually it moves on. In Genesis chapter 4, verses 4 to 8, if it comes and you don't take action immediately, Genesis 4, he says, Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry. And his countenance fell. First attempt. Second attempt. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? Did he stop there? He didn't. So what happened? He said, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at your door. And its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. That's my heart. That's your heart. We need to rule over our hearts. Because it is coming. It is coming. But you and I, my girl, say, No. You are coming close. But stop it. If I don't stop it, it will come through. And in the case of Cain, we know what happened. He allowed it. He allowed it. And immediately we all know the consequence. So what are some of the things we can do to protect our hearts? These are a few personal points I work with. In First Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, and this I learned it from, Kenneth Hagen of the Blessed Memory. You know, sometimes, what are the things that enters into our hearts? And when something happens to us, we can't give up. We are holding on to it. And unless we do what we say we want to do, We are never satisfied. But we can learn from this scripture, he says, But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. Let's even end there. That was Kenneth Hagen, something I learned from him in one of his books. So no matter what anybody says, he says, it is a small thing. But what do we do? We think when something happens to us, it is a big matter. So I have to deal with it. And in dealing with it, it is from our heart. So we go all to deal with that matter. But scripture says, it is a small matter. No matter what happens to me, for me it is a small matter. In fact, it's not even a small matter, it is nothing. It is nothing. Absolutely nothing. It doesn't matter. Once you decide to walk with Christ, be ready to carry your burden, carry your cross. It may be a cross of shame. Carry it. It may be a cross of radical. Be ready to carry it. You may be despised. Be ready to move on. If you don't do that in your heart, you carry the heaviness. Balaka said, I am looking at ascending onto the holy hill. And I have to get in with a pure heart. It's with a pure heart. What somebody has done doesn't matter. He said, It is a small thing. But to you it should be nothing. Absolutely nothing. That should be your cross. And in First Corinthians chapter six, verse seven, he said, even allow yourself to be defrauded. Sometimes you know I have to fight for my rights, but allow yourself to be defrauded. In First Corinthians chapter six, verse seven, it says, Now therefore, it is already an utter failure for you that you go to law against one another. Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourselves to be cheated? But he said "I will fight for it. So in your heart, there's a strife but that is the word of God you know just last couple of weeks before we left for Abasi when my father died he gave us a cocoa farm clearly stated in his will names are there my siblings and I for 20 years I think it was only in, he died in 1997 so 20 years because only in 2013 and 2015 that they brought some of the money. We haven't said anything. In fact, when his will was read, my uncle who comes directly after my father, he said, oh, their father gave it to the children. I said, I know my father. He's an upright man. If this property doesn't belong to him, he will not give it to us. But you are my uncle. I don't even have money to send to you. So you can't even eat from the farm. Now he passes on. His children says, they also have a stake. So they call last week, as we are about to leave for Abasi. Oh, you know, the farm, we have to meet, and this gigi, and I said, oh, the farm, should this bring strife in the family, you can take the cocoa farm. You can take it. Because for 20 years, virtually nothing has come through us. If that is what will bring strife between us and them, take it. Because I'm looking at ascending to the Holy Hill. You can take it. When you look at Abraham and Lot in Genesis 13, Lot and Abraham, let's look at Genesis 13. Remember, God spoke to Abraham, but he decided to take Lot with him. And in Genesis 13, it says, And there was a strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's castle and the herdsmen of Lot's castle. And the Canaanites and the perizzites dwelled down in their land. And Abraham said to Lot, Let there be no strife. The land lies before you. Take it. So when my family members said, I said, this is the word of God. Take the cocoa farm. And truly from my heart, they should take it. Because God has blessed us. And every day, God feeds us. But we are looking at the higher standards of God. So you can take it. And that is why I laugh. During the seven last words, the very first word that our Lord spoke, the exposition given by our brother Kenneth that day. Something unusual. They didn't ask for forgiveness, but he said, "Forgive them." Even don't wait when somebody has wronged you. Don't wait. After all, who are you? Even Christ said, "Forgive." So they didn't ask for forgiveness, but I thank you for that exposition that day. He so said, they didn't ask. If we know what is ahead of us, we won't worry about petty things. Because as we carry those things in us, if we don't get rid of them, they continue, at the least opportunity, we act on it. At the least, and that strife that I'm talking about, if you go to Galatians, because of strife, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Let's look at Galatians before we come up. Galatians 5,
1: I think 15
0: or so. Galatians chapter 5, verse 20 mentioning other works of the flesh verse 20 says idolatry, witchcraft hatred, variance including wrath and then when we come to the verse 21 he says that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God so why should I engage myself with anybody over any matter What can I exchange between that matter and the kingdom of God? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. And if truly you know the word of God, if truly we know the word of God, what is it? We need to truly forgive and let it go out of your heart. That means by cleansing your own heart, get it out. Give it no place. So that nobody knows when the Lord will call you. Nobody knows. And if at the point that you are living, if your heart has materials that are not needed to enter, you are disqualified. You cannot enter. What on this earth can be compared to the kingdom of God. But on this earth, I mean, this poor soldier, I was reflecting. What has happened? Nothing can be done about asking myself, did he know the Lord? For me, that is the main thing. That is what I've been searching. I'm told his wife was a very prayerful woman who probably led him to Christ. So at a point, he himself began to appreciate. And for me, that is the only thing that gives me consolation and hope. That even at that point, he held on to Christ. What has happened? Nothing can be done. But those are for the wicked people. That I said, you and I, we don't know when. So at every point in time, nothing, absolutely nothing, should remain in my heart which I know is a foreign matter. Nothing. Nothing. Of course, if you want to remain here, you can keep things in your heart. Those who want to remain, can keep things in their hearts. We can unload ours onto yours. Uganda in 1994, we know what happened. Close to a million people were killed. Some of them were handed over by their own priests or pastors. I mean, as we pass through Kigali, in the center of here, there's a Catholic church. A Roman, a Roman priest handed over his own people because they were from a different tribe. But that country is doing something spectacular in the spirit. For the 20 year period now, they've learned true forgiveness. True forgiveness such that the person who even killed your father has now become your father. You go to him and say, you killed my father, but I have forgiven you. Take me as a father, as a son. True forgiveness And there's a rise in the true working with Christ. Not church. There's a movement where they are working with Christ. And today, you know what? The economic development. While South African countries are doing the average 3.5 from the Little World Bank report, they are going to do 8.1. Double what every African country is doing. And for me, it is not economic, but Christ. They've learned to follow Christ with a sincere heart. Nothing in their heart. And there's an article I read on the plane, Hawa, in the our airline. In agriculture, they used to make 400, equivalent of $400 from their farming proceeds. Today, the same farmer is making $6,000. That is what forgiveness. Genuine forgiveness does. If they had held on that you killed my father, you killed my mother, they'll be sitting in their poverty. We are sitting here, we say we are first African country, Sub Sahara. We still belong to history. Go there. Common seat belts, nobody will tell you. That was even nineteen ninety seven. Common seat belts. Everybody puts on a seatbelt. Kigali. We sit here. Number of universities, graduates, enlightened people. We go to church, but there's no sincerity in our hearts. We need to protect our hearts. And you know what? what? You have no control over what somebody does to you or what somebody says concerning you. You have absolutely no control over it. And that is why I say to myself, I cannot tell somebody not to do anything to me. I have no control. But what I have control over is that when something is said concerning or done to me, I need to behave as a mature Christian. That is the only thing I have control of. No matter what anybody does, I need to show that I am a Christian. Christ laces me. What didn't happen to Christ? Did he speak back? That's why he's there. Seated on the right hand of the Father. Nothing. I have control to keep quiet. You know, sometimes when things happen to you, then people will tell you, but you are sitting down, and this is happening to you. Yes, I will sit down. But as I sit down, God is standing on my behalf. God is standing on my behalf. You can remain. If you won't sit, stand. And God will sit. So we keep things in our hearts. Things in our hearts. Sometimes because of positions, we fight in our hearts. There are issues in our heart because of position, but in First Samuel chapter sixteen, verse one, what did God said? He said, "I have rejected Saul." God rejected Saul, and for Eliab, He said, "I have refused him." But for David, what did He say? He is the one. It is God who makes the choice. It is God who makes the choice. In our elections, what didn't we say? Proverbs 1633. But I like the living Bible translation. We're not having but don't worry. He says, toss the coin. But it is the Lord who controls the decision. I love that translation. That's what the casting we are all used to. Go and cast your lots. And God will decide. Even tossing the coin. God the coin may be thrown up into the air, but as it comes down, God knows where the coin will fall. So why are you struggling over position? And because of that, in your heart you are not free. Why? You worry yourself. Where is your faith? As a true believer. If you have both things, struggle with a position so that you can get this. What you are simply saying that you have no faith. Because seriously for me, I believe that the just shall live by faith. I believe that. So I don't struggle for any position, nothing. My duty is to remain faithful to the Lord. It's to be Faithful. God's favor. It is a favor of God. It is not man. In Joseph he found favor. It was not man. It was God who granted the favor and even Allah sons he expended to the people around him to show mercy unto him. God led the crusade. It was God. Sometimes it's envy. It is envy. We envy somebody. So it's in your heart. You know my decision? Celebrate people around you. That's why forever and ever our brother, General Robert, I will always celebrate. Professor, we celebrate you. Nobody knows how you studied it. Because we've all studied before. We know what it takes to rise up. First degree, second degree, doctorate. You don't have to. But let's be content. Sometimes I ask myself, what do we want from the other person? If it's their wife, you also have a wife. <laughs> you didn't look go and look for your wife. You look for your own wife. If it's the house... When I look back, those of us from the old place who crossed the Jordan to here. I have a wife, you have a half. You have a house, I have a house. You have a car, I have a car. What are we fighting over? Simply says godliness of contentment. But we allow things to bother us. What are we worried about? If it is wealth, God gives power to make wealth, not a human being. Not a human being. And that is why for me, when we come around, you know, sometimes we hear petty things, somebody says this, somebody says that. What are we looking for? We, I mean, I believe about 90% to 99% of us, this is where we meet. How many of us go to other people's homes? We all meet here. That is where we meet. And we say we are having fellowship. But we can meet here. Somebody miss somebody. Peace and many blessings. Peace and many blessings. There is no peace. There is war in your heart. I even hear that some people, when you greet, they don't even respond. They don't even greet you at all. You walk and enter the church and somebody greets you. You don't respond. You don't greet. And we have come to church. What are we talking about? It's because we've not disposed of certain things in our hearts. It is in our hearts. And we want to carry it to heaven at the gates. Then we'll be told you carry a foreign material. Go and drop it by the time you come back. The ten virgins. Why would you walk into a church and not talk to somebody? A church? Even those in the secret societies, when they meet in the public, they have their codes. You see why people won't come to church? Because even we, the church members, we don't show that we love and there's fellowship. But the unbelievers... When they meet, they know that this is my brother in the Lord. They know this is my brother. But even when I meet you in church, you are not a brother; you are not a sister. And we want to ascend into the holy hill. We need to drop some things. We need to drop some things. You see, that is why there was one Indian, isn't there, a Gandhi also. He heard about Christ. But he said, the hypocrisy of Christians was what he didn't like. Maybe that was not a good excuse for him not to accept Christians, but we did not make it possible. And maybe, if a man of that stature had accepted Christ, India probably would have been a Christian nation. But somebody That is how we miss opportunities. That is how we blow opportunities. Because we have been petty. We have been petty. But may the Lord deliver us. So for me, there are important things we should rather keep in our hearts. Like I love Mary. When he, he was told about what he was carrying, he said, Mary pondered about it in her heart because it was a great announcement. These are things we should ponder and keep. That is in Luke two, fifteen to nineteen. He said, Mary pondered about it because there was a great announcement. There is the kingdom of God for us to talk about and keep in our hearts. These are the things that I need to keep about and hold on to. So for me, anything that will corrupt your heart, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Like we said yesterday, your conscience, if it condemns you, immediately drop it. In Acts chapter 24, verse 16, But some of us may be insensitive and impervious. But in Acts chapter 24 verse 16 This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and men. That is what I resolve to do. In my conscience, I want to be clear. Towards God, towards men, it has to be pure. It has to be pure. Anything that you know is breaking your heart, drop it. She must drop it. We should be like Mary. Let God's peace reign in my heart such that it will the over and above, everything is God's peace. As I strive to protect my heart, should be God's peace that should reign. So you know what I'm looking at. What I say to myself, Lord is there, like He revealed to Peter. Let allow the things of God to fill our hearts. No place for Satan. So I say to myself, Lord, I want to know more of You. Reveal yourself to me, Lord. Let my heart be full of you. Fill my heart with joy and peace. Because I want to be a slave to Christ, not a slave to Satan. And as I desire such things, then I will receive revelation from the Lord. And then as you reveal, you can touch lives and help build God's kingdom. True worship will come from a pure heart. True worship. And I'm always ready, for me, I'm always ready to receive moment by moment from the Lord. And those things cannot cohabitate with anything of the devil. Nothing. My heart should be filled with the things of God. Nobody should give any tenancy agreement to anything from Satan. Absolutely nothing. He has no stake in your heart. He has no stake. Let God's word, like in Peter's example, let God reveal himself, pour himself into your life, pour himself. It will be so filled that when Satan comes, it is full of God. Full of God. And like I said from the beginning, with hymns. God's word. Hymns. And when these things are part of your life, your heart will be well secured. Because your heart has been well protected. God's word. Hymns. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a feast of glory divine! Hallelujah! Mm, salvation.
1: Purchase of blood. Mm. Born of His
0: spirits. Washed in His
1: blood. Oh, this is my song. Oh, this is my song. Ah, praise in my sin all that they know mm, This is my story This is my song Praise mm, Him, my Savior All that they know
0: Once again Blessed assurance shall we be on our feet.
1: Jesus, Jesus is, is mine. mine. Oh, what oh, a full of glory divine. glory divine. Heir of salvation. Purchase Purchase of supper. My Savior. My Savior.
0: Even we continue, I know sophists are arranging for some hymn books it was only 100 I think every member should get a hymn book and a bible every member if we truly want to protect our hearts every member, get a hymn book get your bible you read your word you sing your hymns Look, the general is not here so, even in church He's blowing his hymns. No wonder. Can I when they say a soldier is a fine soldier? Me, I don't understand. Because I know a soldier is a soldier. But they say this soldier is a fine soldier. Because of Christ. His word. Hymns. So my challenge to all of us if they have to print, every individual gets a hymn book. You get your Bible, you read, you sing. Let's secure our hearts. Blessed
1: assurance, Jesus is mine. O what a fortress of glory divine. Air of salvation. Purchase of, of His spirit, worship his Oh, this is my song. this is my song praising my soul. All This is my song. This is my song. Praise, Praise my, my Savior
0: All Tonight, can we sing a couple of hymns before we leave? Maybe it's Captain of His Righteous House. Then after that, church triumphants. Can we sing this couple of hymns?
1: Captain of Israel's host and God, Of all who sing the land above. Shadow we are.
0: We just want to bless you tonight. We just want to bless and to honor you tonight. Father, we give you the praise. Oh, indeed we will cry aloud and give to God the praise of our salvation. Yes, because He alone deserves it. Father, we just bless you. Father, we just want to thank you. We give you praise. Finally, we want to make just a dedication of our hearts to the Lord before we leave. Let's say this together. Lord, today, I stand here. I dedicate my heart entirely to you. Totally to you. My heart belongs to you. Fill it with your word. Fill it with your spirit. Fill it with your love. Faileth your treasures. Satan has no stake. My heart belongs to you and to you alone. Possess it. Let it be yours and yours only. Amen.